We're so glad today to welcome you back. And today's topic is the coming plague of MCD, which has also been called the Laughing Death, Kuru. It's better known as TSE, which stands for Transmissible Spongiform Encephalopathy. Now let me tell you folks something because I have a lot of doctors who watch these programs. I want to say to you, I'm not real good at saying some of these big words. I'm all right with transmissible and spongy form seems to be okay. But then we've got this one here, encephalopathy. So we're going to do what doctors do. We're just going to abbreviate and call it TSE. Some of my friends know that when I was a real little boy about Oh, six or seven going to school, I couldn't talk. At least nobody could understand what I was saying. When I went to school on the first day with my two uh, older sisters, the teachers came and they said, what's he saying? Is he an Australian? Because my words were so disjointed uh, and I've had all through my life a difficulty with speech. I can remember as a little boy, you know, things stick in your mind. I can remember my mother taking me to a clinic for what they called in those days, the deaf and the dumb. Now a dumb person back there was not a person without intelligence, I don't know. But back there, a dumb person was a person who couldn't talk. A deaf person, of course, was a person who couldn't hear. They thought that I was possibly deaf and dumb. I can remember going along and seeing all the people, you know, using their fingers, talking like this, and I thought I had this problem. But then the doctor looked down my throat and he said, there's nothing wrong with this boy that a good slap on the tail won't fix. He's got just a lazy tongue. But ever since those days to this day, I have trouble saying lots and lots of words. You may find this hard to believe but I find it difficult to say some words. I've had to go to heaps and heaps of speech therapists so I will learn to say my words properly and so I won't run them all in together. And while I will never speak like Rex Edwards, I have tried very hard to communicate the word of God as plainly as I can. So let me say this word again so I can get it out of my system. Transmissible spongy form encephalopathy. And uh, it is uh, simply abbreviated by doctors TSE. It describes a particular disease of the brain. I was reading last night that this word here comes from three words. One is a, a Greek word and it refers to the brain. And it also means a part of this word means disease. And another part of the word means suffering. And this is going to be the plague that I believe is going to take down, I, I, I believe, and you're going to see this as we go along, hundreds of thousands, perhaps millions of people in our life, lifetimes. I want you firstly today to turn with me to Exodus chapter 15 and verse 26, and I want to give you a couple of texts before we start today. Exodus, before we talk about this coming great plague. Exodus 15 and verse 26, dear hearts. He said, if you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, 
for I am the Lord who heals you. There's no ifs or buts. God says, if you listen to my voice, and if you obey the word of God, I will bring none of these awful diseases that I brought upon the Egyptians, meaning the pagans in the world. I want you to come over now, please, to John chapter 10 and verse 10, to the, to the words of our blessed Lord Jesus Christ. John chapter 10 and verse 10, and, and I just want these words to get down into your souls today. Jesus said, John 10 verse 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come, say it with me, that they may have life and have it to the full. As the great old King James Version says, I have come that they may have life and have it, what does it say? Have it more abundantly. And I love the KJV, the great Bible of the Church of England, my old mother church. I believe also that the Bible teaches that as a person violates the laws of the Creator, he brings upon himself disease and death. And I believe today we're going to establish the truth that God's way is always the best way. I believe today that I can give you evidence that the human race is facing a catastrophe. It is facing a plague more terrifying than AIDS. It is the plague of TSE. But I believe, glory be to God, that there is a way of escape. Now to the north of Australia is that tremendous island which is called Papua New Guinea. I know a fair bit about it because I've been there running meetings. I've been up in the highlands of Papua New Guinea. I've walked along the Owen Stanley Track. I've been there because this was a great mission field for Australia. And I'm pleased to say that more than a hundred years ago, many, many brave Australians and their families went out to that part of the world where there were cannibals and headhunters, and many of them gave their, their lives for the faith that is found in Jesus Christ. Uh, Papua New Guinea is an amazing place. It's right in the, you know, the equator runs just about to the north of it, very close to it. It is a hot land. It is a land of great, great mountains. They've almost got the Alps there. Uh, it is a land of great rivers and wild tribes. There are more than 700 separate and distinct languages spoken by the natives of Papua New Guinea. Uh, during the mid-19th century and in more recent times, most of the people there were savages or can and cannibals. And there were two kinds of cannibals, those that would eat their enemies. You know, if you killed somebody up there, what happened if you were one of those people, you went and you ate him. So there were cannibals who ate the dead of their enemies, but there were cannibals who ate their own kin, their own family. There was a tribe, it's still there, it's called the Foray tribe. There, are 30, there were 30,000 people in the Foray tribe. And their greeting, instead of saying hello, was, I eat you. I eat you. And they thought, this is good protein, this will give us life. And so they ate their dead. Down in the gardens, the dead woman's daughters were already at work. This woman had died, and the people who took her apart were the daughters and the little children. The heart was taken out of the chest. It was wonderful, clotted with blood. It would soon make a wonderful meal. The heart, the muscles, 
all pulled out the intestines. They learned how to take a body apart because before they took human bodies apart, they used to take pigs apart. And so they knew what was inside a body, and so they pulled out the heart, the muscles, even the intestines, even the feces were eaten, and particularly the brain. And they cooked all of these animal parts with edible ferns and banana leaves. The women and the children did most of it. Seldom the men were involved in this because the men did not want to be associated with the women because they believed that the women took their strength. And so down in the gardens, the, women's were, the women were pulling apart the dead bodies and then cooking the dead bodies. And then there came this mysterious and awful sickness. It was called by the natives Kuru. The first sign was that the natives started to shiver, the women, and then the little children. And then as dementia progressed, they would start to laugh uncontrollably. Then they would lose all their body functions. They could no longer walk. They were put on their mats. And then they would be covered with dreadful bed sores. But the awful thing was they were fully conscious to the very last. They died awful deaths, and after they died, or before they died, they normally got pneumonia. And as they lay there, and their relatives would push food into their bodies, they used to swell and get fat, and they were eaten by their relatives as soon as they died. Soon there was a dreadful plague in this part of Papua New Guinea. Hundreds were dying every year. Now this, in those days, was Australian territory. And when the Australian press first heard about it, they laughed a little because they said they're dying of laughing disease. Nobody thought it was serious. Everybody said the people up there in Papua New Guinea, the cannibals, are dying of laughing disease. Then an American doctor, pediatrician, his name is Dr. D. Carlton Guy Ducek, Dr. Guy Ducek, who later won the Nobel Prize because of his investigation into Kuru. He is a world authority and he's my authority in these meetings. This man came just to stay for a few weeks to look at the natives. He wanted to see how, how a primitive society really operated and he saw it in Papua New Guinea. But then the Australian doctors and missionaries said, we want to show you these people. What do you think about it? What's gone wrong? Because they are dying like flies. When he was taken by the Aussies, he saw whole groups of well-nourished people dancing about, dancing about, but, but with tremors. And over the next few months, he watched them degenerate. And soon they all got dementia. And soon they exploded in this awful laughter and they died deaths which one should not even try to describe. They were finally conscious and fully alert but speechless to the end. The doctor with the Australians and the authorities carried out their first autopsy on these people. And they discovered that they had extensive damage to the brain. Similar to a disease that was discovered a long time ago by two German doctors. Doctors 
Kreuzfeld and Dr. Jakob. Kreuzfeld and Jakob. And these two doctors were working in Germany in June 1913. And a maid in a, a nunnery started to come down with a strange disease. Her name was Bertha. She gave these insane outbursts of laughter. And soon she spent her days screaming. She got one epileptic seizure after another. And when she died, after some years, they carried out an autopsy on the brain. They found extensive damage, but no inflammation. The brain was like a sponge. And thus it was called spongy form. When they cut up the brain, they said, What's happened to the brain? The brain has so deteriorated. It was filled with millions of little stars caused by the brain trying to save itself. But the brain had shrunk. It was an awful thing. The brain was the same as the brains of the New Guinea natives. And therefore it was called CJD after the two German doctors, but only recently have doctors and scientists realized the close relationship. This disease, CJD, which is the same as TSE, occurs spontaneously in the human population. One in a million people get it. And why it happens, nobody knows. Doctors know very little about this, but this occurs spontaneously in the human population. And the brains of those affected contain an almost indestructible agent, invisible to the eye. Over in England for hundreds of years, the sheep have come down with a thing which is called scrapey. It is called scrapey because the sheep would go to anything they were in such pain to scrape because of the irritation on the skin. And soon the sheep would stagger, they would go through tremors, they would become blind and they would fall down and then they would be sent off to the abattoirs for people to eat. When they took the brains of the sheep and they have done so many autopsies on the sheep, they discovered that the sheep were infectious because they could take a portion of the brain and infect it, put it, inject it into another animal. And that animal would also come down with scrapie. The brains of the sheep were like sponges, very similar to the natives with kuru. Then across here in the United States of America some years ago, Thousands of mink came down with a disease very much like scrapie. It is called TME, and it stands for transmissible mink encephalopathy. It's the same thing. Back in the year 1947 here in the United States of America, 1,200 mink died. They had no idea what was happening. These mink, which had been so healthy and so strong, and uh, which was prized, they were prized so much by the owners because of their pelts, all of a sudden these little minks started to squirm and to fall over and go blind, and soon they were dying 
by the thousands. There were other outbreaks in the year 1961 and 1963. And it was interesting that all of these mink, the only ones that got this disease, had been fed the flesh and remains of downer cattle. Does anybody know what a downer cow is? Well, what happens is this, that as a cow gets sick, it goes down. And when it's down and it can't get up and it may have paralysis, it may have anything, what they do, they take it off to the abattoirs. And so these mink had been fed the flesh and remains of downer cattle. And it was interesting that the brains of the mink were virtually the same as the brains of the natives in the tribe in Papua New Guinea, the Foray tribe. It became very apparent up there in Papua New Guinea and scientists did not want to come to this conclusion. But it became almost overwhelming that Kuru was caused by eating the flesh of dead people. It was caused by cannibalism. It became apparent that the agent that caused the disease was in the meat they were eating. And that's why the men didn't get it. But that's why the women and the children got it because they were eating the flesh of the dead. In 1965, two monkeys, Georgette and Daisy, were infected with Kuru because they said, can this thing be spread to other creatures? And so they, they got these monkeys and they took the brains of somebody, some people from Papua New Guinea and they infected right into their brains the Kuru. And within two years, the monkeys came down with the symptoms of Kuru, exactly the same as TME, exactly the same as CJD. Soon the little monkeys, in fact they were baboons, were just staggering and they were in pain. Nothing could be done for them. They could not feed themselves and the doctors kept them alive, hoping that perhaps there would be something that would save them. Nothing could save them. The symptoms of the monkeys were identical to the natives. Kuru was caused by eating infected or contaminated tissue. In other words, you get it by what you eat. Remember this, you get Kuru by what you eat. And the Bible tells us, if you will obey my voice and keep my commandments, I will put none of these diseases upon you. Let me tell you how it affects us. What is the agent that causes Kuru, CJD, TME, and Scrapey? Scientists have looked at tens of thousands of these brains with electron microscopes. They have been searching for years to find something there. They have been looking for a virus because the thing is spread. The thing is infectious. And the amazing thing, I have been astounded by this, as they have looked and they have looked and they have looked, they have not been able to isolate a virus. No bacteria, 
No germ, no virus, but all the brains are like sponges full of holes with little starlets. Awful, awful destruction. The thing that is quite amazing is that whatever it is, it is almost indestructible. Because you can take this thing, you can take a portion of the brain, and you can heat it in an oven to 700 degrees until everything apparently is destroyed. And after one hour, the stuff seems to be just dust. And you can take the remains of the dust and inject it. And if you inject it into an animal, it will come down with TME or CJD, which is the same as Kuro. It is virtually indestructible. You can boil it. You can place it under ultraviolet light. Now listen to this. Ultraviolet light destroys DNA. If you want to kill a virus, you put it under ultraviolet light. Because you see, the virus has some DNA. And DNA is the messenger. You see, a virus works because he can reproduce with the aid of his host body because he has DNA. But doctors and scientists have said it is impossible for disease to be transmitted unless there is some DNA. But apparently this thing does not have DNA but can reproduce itself. Doctors say, we think it may be caused by crystallization, but nobody is certain. Listen, it is an almost indestructible agent that apparently has no DNA. What is it? Dr. Guy Duchak was lecturing to a group of scientists. He held up a blackened plastic tube the tube was blackened by radiation. Hours of radiation. The tube was black. He held it up and he said, Gentlemen, inside this tube, there is the agent. It is alive and well. I haven't been able to kill it. Scientists then, with the microscope, discovered SAF that stands for scrapy associated fibrils. This is what they discovered. They thought, is this the symptom or is this the cause? They discovered all of these little sticks. To make a stick one inch long so they could see it probably, they had to magnify it by more than 64 thousand times so these little sticks had to be magnified 64,000 times before they could really look at it no sorry 68,400 times it is almost impossible to kill it can be killed they have discovered that if you get bleach if you've had meat or a dead carcass, and if you cover that with bleach, it will kill it.
but most of us don't like drinking bleach. There is no cure. The plague that struck the 4A tribe struck British cattle in April 1985. The cattle had the same symptoms. They staggered, they were uncoordinated, and the British press caught on to it, and they called it mad cow's disease. Now, what they did with those cows in the early years as soon as they died of mad, mad cow's disease, the British sent those cows to the knacker's yard, which is a British term for a rendering plant. And this is where dead and diseased carcasses, where dead and diseased carcasses are processed into commercial food products to be fed to cows, pig and poultry that people eat. And so this thing got into the food chain. Then they started to examine the brains of the cows that died of mad cow's disease and they discovered the brains were exactly the same as CJD, the same as TME, the same as Kuru, and so they call it bovine, bovine, spongy form, encephalopathy. It was the same thing. The cows were catching the same disease that the natives had caught some years ago. I want to read you, and I don't wish to offend you, but I think you are a mature audience, and most of us can take it. The three veterinarians carried out their survey in autumn 1988, Rendering plants are the goriest expressions of the recycling spirit. Hellish places of steam, blood, grease and stink. There were 46 such plants in operation in Britain in 1988, of which 39 kept useful records. There are lots of them here in the United States. By chopping, grinding, cooking, and dissolving on a tremendous scale, they produce tallow, rendered beef fat, and what the British call greaves. The Oxford English Dictionary defines greaves as the fibrous matter of skin found in animal fat, which forms a sediment on melting and is pressed into cakes to serve as meat for dogs or hogs, fish bait, etc. The refuse of tallow, cracklings, in modern practices, greaves were cooked down in steam-jacketed stainless steel vessels from the various materials delivered to the rendering shops from slaughterhouses, deboning plants, butcher shops and farms, fat trimmings, bones, offal, guts, head, tail, blood, the offfall of slaughtering, butchering and knackering, carcasses from cattle, sheep and pigs, even feathers from poultry. In 1988 in England, some 1.3 million metric tons, about 3 billion pounds. Some of the plants process the greaves further into meat and bone meal, which is a scab-colored powder, sometimes pressed into pellets with a pungent, salty, bloody fecal smell. That's a rendering plant. I'm sorry if that offends you. So these animals had what they called BSC, bovine sponging form encephalopathy. By February 1995, 143,109 
confirmed cases of this disease, BSE, were in Britain. They were the confirmed cases, 143,000 cows. What triggered the plague? Nobody is quite sure. But they do know that in the rendering plants to save money, and they caught this from the Americans, they lowered the temperature. And so this stuff did not have the pressure cooking over the hours. They lowered the temperature. But some say there was another main reason. The percentage of meat and bone fed to cattle jumped from 1% to 12% during the 1980s, from 1% to 80%. The British government said with that wonderfully cool English attitude, there is no cause for alarm. The Prime Minister, John Major, said, humans cannot catch BSE. It is an utter impossibility. Nobody will ever catch this. It can't be done, said John Major. And because he was a British Prime Minister, everybody said, of course, it cannot be caught. But then people started catching it. I want to read you the description of some beautiful young people who caught this fiendish thing that came out of the bosom of hell because of man's interference with the laws of God. And I'm not here today to apologize for what I'm telling you. I think it's time that we look to some of these facts. The government argued that the deaths could be accounted for within the worldwide incidence of sporadic CJD. Of one case per million people per year. But a freckled, blonde, blue-eyed, 15-year-old Victoria Rimmer began coming home from school exhausted in May 1993. And the illness that followed could not be so glibly explained away. CJD is extremely rare in people under 30 years of age. Her grandmother Beryl, who was raising her, said later that Vicky began losing weight dramatically and I thought she'd got anorexia. I started getting calls from friends in the school asking, what's wrong with Vicky? As the weeks wore on, she became worse. She was falling everywhere, like you see those cattle falling. She kept saying to me, what's the matter with me, Mum?" She couldn't understand what was happening to her. We'd been out of town and she'd have to sit down on the floor because she felt so terribly tied in herself. Be between the end of May and August, she got a terrible pain in her neck. She was in agony, crying all the time. I took her to the doctors eight times. But they said, oh, there's nothing wrong. Beryl Rimmer eventually found a doctor willing to admit her granddaughter to a hospital for tests. He thought a measles virus had infiltrated Vicky's nervous system, but he found no virus in the spinal fluid. Next, he did a brain biopsy. Three days after the biopsy, Vicky, who was more than normal, her grandmother said, was full of life, who loved ballet, slipped into a coma. The biopsy of her brain revealed spongy form. Here it is. There it is. The same thing here. She had Kuru. She had BSE. She had CJD. She had TME. They said, no, this could never happen. You don't need to be concerned, said the British Prime Minister. Mrs. Rimmer didn't understand the term and asked the doctor to write it down. He was afraid to do so, she remembers, and told her to look it up in a medical book. Eventually, she convinced him. She showed the note to her doctor. He told her, it is mad cow's disease. 
a physician investigator from the government CJD surveillance unit in Edinburgh visited Beryl Rimmer and examined Vicky. Mrs. Rimmer says he warned her to keep quiet about her granddaughter's condition. Think about the economy, he told her. Think about the common market. Don't tell anybody, stand up for the Union Jack. And then a beautiful 18-year-old boy, schoolboy, he got it. Then others started to get it. And then reluctantly, because they were afraid of offending the beef industry, the government moved and the British government slaughtered 257,000 cattle. But by this time, 70,000 cattle were infected with BSE, CJD, TME, or Kuro disease. 70,000 had entered the human food supply chain in Britain up to the end of 1995. The famous Nobel, priest, uh, Nobel Prize winner, Dr. Carlton Guy Ducek, said this. These are controversial words, but they're true. He said, this man got a Nobel Prize because of his research into this. If he doesn't know anything about it, who does? They don't have the least idea what caused the human cases. It's Kuru and nothing but Kuru. And any species could be carrying it, dairy cows, beef cattle, pigs and chicken. All the pigs in England fed on this meat and bone meal. The disease hasn't turned up in pigs only because you don't keep pigs alive for seven or eight years. They're killed after two or three years at most. When we kept pigs, we'd inoculated in our laboratory for eight years. They came down with scrapie. Probably all the pigs in England are infected. These people who've come down with CJD have given blood. It's undoubtedly in the blood supply. The answer in that case is stop giving anyone blood who doesn't really need it. And I tell you, if it turns up in a kid under 15, it's Kuru. And by the way, it could be in the milk. The incubation period, you still listening? We haven't lost too many folks. The incubation period, the famous doctor says, is a minimum of 10 years, up to 25 or 30 years. Dr. Lacey, famous scientist of the University of Leeds says, the peak of the human epidemic will come around the year 2015. The United States Department of Agriculture in 1989 prohibited the import of British cattle. They were smarter than the British. But in the United States in 1992, rendering processing plants were forging ahead, and they are still selling protein byproducts to cattle-fed producers. Every year, 
100,000 donor cattle. That means cattle that could be full of any disease. They are full of any disease. 100,000 downer cattle go into the U.S. food supply, and some of you are eating it. Now, there's some good news. I want to give you some good news if I can. The U.S. is probably not affected by the British strain of BSE. But the outbreak in mink back here tells us that the Americans already have their strain. This thing is out there in America and it's waiting for the right opportunity. We have our own local strain. Listen to this. There are 3.6 million tons. How many tons? That's a heap of garbage. 3.6 million tons of downer cattle and slaughterhouse wastes are processed every year. Did you hear this? 3.6 million tons of downer cattle and slaughterhouse waste, including feces and brains. And at the beginning of 97, 13% of this stuff was fed to the cattle that some of us are eating. So the cattle, listen, the cattle have become like this tribe, the cattle have become cannibals. The cattle, because of the love of money, the cattle have become cannibals. You know why? Because it makes them big and fat, quick. More money for the meat industry. The cattle have become cannibals. Let me remind you, Cannibalism causes Kuru. The 4A tribe got Kuru because they were cannibals. The cattle have become, the cattle have become cannibals. I want to read you something out of this book here, Deadly Feasts. Now, I'm sounding a warning today. I'm not here to run a popularity contest. I'm not here to tell you what you don't want to hear or what you want to hear. I'm here to tell you the truth. Now listen to this, please. Cattle protein is recycled cannibalistically in the United States as in Britain. Pig and poultry protein is also recycled cannibalistically through those animals. Will BSE come to America? The answer seems to be it's already here in native form, a low-level infection that industrial cannibalism could amplify to epidemic scale. We still feed meat and bone meal to cattle, and an estimated 77 million Americans eat beef every day. Now, I'm going to read you something else, and if this doesn't move you, I don't know what will. Because when I read this through, I just said, Lord, have mercy upon your people. 
a story in the London Observer, published March 1996. This is a scenario. It is March 20, 2016. Now Britain's national euthanasia clinics churn on overtime, struggling to help 500 people a week to a dignified death before brain disease robs them of reason and self-control. This nation, whose leaders spent a decade in denial, is now quarantined. The world having long since shunned contact with a population in which half a million people a year succumb to CJD, a fatal neurological illness spread in the late 20th century through the eating of infected beef products. The Channel Tunnel is blocked with five miles of French concrete. The health service is crippled. Blood transfusions are impossible because undetectable prions infect most donors. And the strain of caring for more than two million CJD victims has overwhelmed the support staff. The fabric of the nation is being torn apart. And from the London Daily Telegraph, 1996, Gardeners have been reminded by the Royal Horticultural Society to wear gloves and a dust excluding mask to avoid any risk of BSE when applying a spring dressing, dressing of blood and bone meal to roses and shrubs. The good news is demand for beef is recovering steadily. At London Smithfield Wholesale Market, the trade in better quality cuts of British meat, beef has recovered from zero a week ago to just over half the normal value. What can I learn and what can I do? Firstly, Jesus said in Luke 21 that there will be signs and pestilences. I believe that this great plague that is going to come upon the world is a sign of the times from Jesus. I believe it is a sign of the last days. I want you to know that Jesus is going to come, but Jesus said there is coming a time of trouble. You and I better get ready the Lord is coming. Are you ready? And the Bible, so long discredited, is coming back. Oh, I know that the skeptic, the cynic, the liberal has been laughing at the Bible, saying you can't believe in the Bible. I noticed the most recent copy of USA News and World Report. It's got a picture there of a funny-looking Adam and Eve but at least Eve is a vegetarian. She's got an apple there. Get a camera in. Want the people to see the apple. You don't get this stuff from eating apples. Is the Bible true? It says new discoveries offer surprising support for key moments in the scriptures. Now I'm going to tell you folks something. Listen, I believe the Bible. I'm proud to believe the Bible. And when I go to the Bible and I go to the book of beginnings, Genesis chapter 1, I find there 
where God made man in the image of God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and God said, I've given you every herb. I've given you the fruits. Then later God said, I've given you the vegetables. One day scientists are going to say, this book was a thousand light years ahead of the universities and certainly the beef industry. I believe it is a time that you and I had the courage, the moral courage and the intellectual honesty to return to the Bible and its laws. I have personally, I have personally decided to live closer to God's word. After I've studied this, I've said there are some things I've eaten, no more of that. I'm not even going to eat the stuff that they raise in those pools that they say lowers your cholesterol when I know they're feeding them feces. Not going to do that anymore. I've learned some things. I've been born again in some areas. And listen, the Adventist church believes in the last century and this century had a little old lady who was a prophet. And that little old lady that the church has laughed at so often and the world has scoffed at said, the time will come when you won't be able even to eat dairy products. And she said, the people of God who are preparing for translation will give up eating the flesh of dead animals. But oh, we've been so smart. We've said, oh, that's all hooey. As my Irish grandfather said. No, it wasn't hooey. Just happened to be the truth. And some of us were real dumb. Not to believe it. My appeal to you is this. To walk in God's ways and to obey God's laws. We have a God who loves us, my friend, God has promised if you obey his voice, he'll put none of these diseases upon you. This thing is alive and well, well nigh indestructible. The government says, of course nobody can get it. And they have. What happened up in the highlands of New Guinea with Kuru could happen on a worldwide Scale, I appeal to you, turn again to God, to his word. Be smart. Be smart. Get with it. Get with the word. One other text. Proverbs 3. Proverbs chapter 3. Let me say to the doctors, if I goofed up some of those words, I'm sorry, but I've heard you goofing up some theology words recently. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 3, and verse 13 and onwards. If you folks knew how long I had practiced saying some of these words this week, you'd be really sympathetic. Proverbs chapter 3, in fact, I'd... I was dreaming about some of these words. 
So would I get up there and really goof up? So I said, what I'm going to do, I'm going to say once or twice, so the folks know I can say it, then I'm going to put up these initials. Okay, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13. Blessed is the man who finds wisdom, the man who gains understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are paths of peace. She is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Those who lay hold of her will be blessed. I invite you today, in the name of the Creator God, choose the wisdom that comes from the Bible. Amen.